Welcome in, one and all. If you're looking for a great weekend to get away, boy, they had a fun time this past weekend. I saw all the pictures coming out of the Four Seasons Island Resort. And if you're looking for a great place to go, take the family, get a weekend escape. They have snow on the ground and the sledding trails are open. Uh, by that, I mean the, the snowmobile trails. Uh, call them, 715-324-5800. Make sure you tell them you heard it here and uh, you get 15% off right away. 715-324-5800. 715-324-5800. And ask for Barb, B-A-R-B, or just email her directly. Barb at the Four Seasons Wisconsin.com. That's Barb at the Four Seasons Wisconsin.com. So uh, earlier today, uh, go back to the last hour of the program. And uh, we had uh, Mike from Rockford uh, on the air with her, uh, who had called in. And we were talking with Mike. And he brought up a good point. With the way, now we saw teams yesterday, uh, I don't want to say falter, stumble, whatever, but it wasn't the all-out blowout that a lot of us expected. I really thought the Eagles would put it on the Colts, and they didn't. I thought Baltimore would put it on Carolina, and they didn't. And I thought the Giants, I, we all kind of had that inkling of, wait a minute, I don't know if I believe in the Giants yet. And even the Jets, for that matter, because the Jets got the hell beat. Again, the Jets cannot beat the Patriots to save their life. To save their life, they got knocked off 10-3. to 3. Uh, Both teams, by the way, now in that AFC East at 6-4. Uh, and four. But you got the Giants, who are at home. They're 7-2 and two going into the game, looking to go 8-2. and two. Here come the Lions. It's it's like a layup, right? And it was only a three-point spread, and we questioned it, and I thought the Lions would win that game going away, playing at home and everything. And no, no. The Lions went in there and put it. It's like ever since the Lions beat the Packers, not only now they're 2-1 and one since that Packers game, um, but it's like it's inspired them. They suddenly have – I mean, they're 4-6 and six in the season. And I thought at the beginning of the year, getting to six and six wins, seven wins, eight wins, be a good good place for them. Who knows what happens with the Lions from here on out? But that being said, now I thought the Eagles, after getting beat by Washington, would have gone in and just spanked Indianapolis, and they didn't. And they keep talking about the Eagles' quote fatal flaws. You know that's the big terminology facing the Eagles now. So on Sunday night. Here come the Green Bay Packers with basically backs against the wall, no hope, but mathematical hope. That's about it. There's this, if you look at the light at the end of the tunnel, if you're the Green Bay Packers and you're thinking, can, can the improbable and the impossible become a possibility, right? That's what, that's what you're hoping for. Um, now, Ben, you tell me what's wrong with the Eagles over the last two weeks. Um, it's been different stuff. Two weeks ago, as we talked about after it, when they lost to Washington, they just got gashed on the ground. And Washington held the ball. But then down the stretch of the game, I mean, even though the defense didn't play well, the offense turned the ball over three times. Right. And when you do that, you're going to lose games. When you look at this weekend's game, the defense after the first drive played great, and they added Linval Joseph and Dominic and Sue. The run defense was quite good. The offense just could not get out of its own way early. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I think part of that was, like, the Colts' defense is good. It's been offense that's held them back all season. So it's, I don't know if there's one fatal flaw. They just haven't put together complete offensive games in a couple weeks. Right. They had the high snap uh, down near the goal line. 
that put him back. Now, Hurts, Jalen Hurts, I mean, he he ran the ball quite well. He took a couple of hits yesterday, too. Uh, but he ran the ball quite well. There was a couple of times he had that uh, that quarterback kind of draw where he took it into the end zone. Good pass over the middle and uh, hit Watkins in for the touchdown. So, I mean, there was a couple of times that they moved the football, but I agree with you. And then that fourth down play where that that draw that he ran to pick up the first down and then obviously give them the, the win at that point, uh, that was a hell of a drive with time winding down, and then he's dropped back and then took it into the end zone for the touchdown. But my point is, is I thought, and I agree with you, I thought the offense would come out and just be smoking. They would just light it up, and they didn't. And so now the next question is, with the Packers on the docket, do have they been exposed in some way, in your opinion, that would then say the Packers have a legitimate shot at beating them? I think they have a legitimate shot. We, we've seen them play up to competition. Like, they did it against Dallas. Uh, what was that? Eight days ago, nine days ago? Yeah. Uh, the Eagles losing Dallas Goddard, their tight end, one of their more important offensive players, was massive. Like, as soon as he went out, it was all penalties from the backup tight ends in spots right. that normally wouldn't be penalties. So, hmm, um, I, I don't think it'll be very unexpected if the Packers play it close and win. But in order to expose whatever flaws the Eagles have, the Packers have to play nearly a clean, perfect game. Like to stop A.J. Brown and the guys on the outside, they have to cover, which they did not do against Tennessee. So I could see them, you know, battling in the game. But to do what the Colts did against the offense, that means you have to actually be covering the guys on the second level, which they did not do. And it means you have to pressure the quarterback, which they have struggled with. Two things I think the Packers need to do. One is I think the Packers specifically have to, you know, you got you're hoping you get uh, Devondre Campbell, but you're, you're looking to get a spy on Jalen Hurts. That's number one because he ran, he was their leading rusher yesterday, and and is most of the time anyway. But I think you can run the ball on him. I thought Jonathan Taylor did a hell of a job yesterday. He, he didn't grind out like huge yards. His long his longest run yesterday was under thirty. He ended up having a touchdown on the day. But still, it, he was he was. They just kept grinding the ball because you're not going to win consistently with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan threw, didn't throw a touchdown, didn't throw a pick, but didn't throw a touchdown pass yesterday. Only threw for right around a couple hundred yards. But you got to be able to run the ball against the Eagles. First of all, if you're running the ball against the Eagles and you're picking up first downs, Hurts isn't on the field and isn't able to hurt you. But if you, if you continually run the ball and you're able to keep your defense off the field, which we have seen the propensity at times for this offense to just Packers offenses suck and put their defense right back in a bad position. But if you can run the ball, I think they can win the game. And it, it's, good, it's going to be a lot like what they did against uh, the Cowboys. you got to run the ball. you got to grind it out. you got to be able to get a, maybe a turnover or two because we know uh, lately we've seen a couple of turnovers out of Philadelphia. That's the only way I think they're going to go in and be able to beat them. Is there another scenario that you can see the Packers getting the win? Now it's it's turnovers. Um, I, yeah. Honestly, they should be able to run the ball because of how good Aaron Jones is. But if we start seeing a lot of A.J. Dillon carries up the middle, given oh. what the Eagles have done to bolster the front, I don't see that working. And it'll kind of be coaching mismanagement at that point to not have Jones on the field. But it comes down to turnovers. I'm right. with you there. No, I that that's that's the big thing to me is if you get a turnover or two, and you can run the ball in any particular way, even though they have bolstered that offensive, that defensive front. Now we'll end up seeing what actually uh, the Packers can do, and if they do it that way. I mean, um, honestly, Aaron Rodgers has to play somewhat of a perfect game as well. Like he was awesome in the first what half, 
uh, half and half of another quarter against the Titans. But then down the stretch there, he was struggling to move the no, ball to he, find receivers. Yeah. They had four drives to get back in the game, and they couldn't do anything. So he needs to play his best game of the season, I think. Well, now that that goes to the next question. We're going to talk with Mike Clemens coming up in the last hour of the show today. Mike tweeted it out about Aaron's thumb, and we're going to hear from Mike about this. But now with this, quote, mini-buy, if you will, where they had – now they're back at it again today. Packers back in the practice field. But if they get with this mini buy and the extra time that Rodgers gets where he's not, you know, using the thumb and it gets a little bit better. If the thumb gets better and looks better and feels better and Rodgers throws the ball better, do we expect a different result? Because down the stretch, I agree with you that some of the throws were just, you know, Rodgers just talking about him being off. I missed him. I missed him. I missed him. I missed him. And part of it is, I get it, uh, this whole same page crap that we continually hear about, which I, I, at this point, to be honest with you, I'm sick of. Well, we're not on the same page. Oh, he's not. You know what? Stop. Because I've been saying it for a long time. All we see other quarterbacks, you, you see, uh, you know, um, Equinemia St. Brown on the same page with Justin Fields. You know, you see Marquez Valdez-Scantling on this, goes, leaves the Packers, goes to Kansas City. Next thing you know, he's they're looking downfield for him. He's become that guy on the same page, you know. Last year, OBJ, middle of the season, goes right into the L.A. Rams offense, right in with Matthew Stafford on the same page. That guy would have been the MVP in the Super Bowl had it not been for the knee injury. You know, all that stuff. This whole thing about, well, it's going to take time. we got to get on the same Stop it. I'm done with it. It's an excuse. It's a lie. And it is also a reason for you not to be perfect anymore. And I think it's garbage. I really Now, there are certain people you have to obviously feel out. Sammy Watkins looks a step slow and stuff. I mean, you gotta you gotta get that down, that that timing down. But this whole thing about everybody needs to be on the same page and you can't do it in a short amount of time, then which is another reason that we get our hopes up for a trade for a wide receiver. Only to realize that oh it doesn't matter because he's not because Rodgers will not be on the same page with him for two more years so who cares don't go out and waste a waste a draft pick for a trade because the inability for you to get on the same page almost immediately seems to be something that is a a a fleeting thought that is crap at this point eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy but do you believe if the Packers let's just say with the topsy turvy we'll say of the Green Bay Packers. And with the weekend we just witnessed, let's say the Packers go in and get a win over the Eagles. Now, we know mathematically it's you're not dead. You're hanging on. You know, you've got tiebreakers with the Giants. you got tiebreakers with the Cowboys. you got other ones along the way. We know that. That you got you got to overcome. But with what we witnessed over the weekend, with the Vikings getting demolished by the Cowboys, with the Eagles barely hanging on, barely hanging on in Indianapolis, with the Ravens at home barely hanging on to beat the Panthers, do we look at it and go, you know what? There's still an opportunity here. There's still a shot. You look at it that way. 877-867-1670. By the way, uh, what, what is this you sent me? Uh, the Colts running back Jonathan Taylor in the final 45 and a half minutes Sunday versus the Eagles. Three yards, one yard, one yard, negative four yards, zero, zero, nine yards, seven yards, negative one, two yards, two yards, and zero yards. Twelve carries, twenty yards um, against the against the Eagles. And you were talking about that last week, Ben, when they started bringing in Linval Joseph and brought in Indomitian Sue. It was strictly to bolster the run defense. And they're also going for it. The Eagles are going for it. 
And you know Indominus Sue is going to bring in against the Packers. Always has. Always has. Which is another reason that you hope you're able to establish some sort of a run game against the Eagles. And I agree with you about uh, about Aaron Jones. This whole thing with A.J. AJ Dillon's he's a, a nice complimentary piece to run out there every now and then. But for the most part, his season has been somewhat of a disappointment, too. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. Get back at it. Get your phone calls, thoughts, and such. If, if, if the Packers should get a game, a game uh, get a win this weekend. If. Do you then believe that they're back in it all of a sudden? 877-867-1670. Coming up more right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hour number three of the Bill Michael Show on this Monday. Good to have you on board today. This portion of the program brought to you by, the, uh, by our buddy Scott Ellis with Homeside Financial. Scott's a great guy. He is the guy that uh, turned it around for me uh, when I uh, wanted to refi the house. Got it all done. If you're looking to purchase a new home, I know it's not usually the time of year that you do it, but people certainly start thinking about it. Selling a new home, you want to get fast pre-approval ratings and such, uh, go to my buddy Scott. Scott Ellis with Homeside Financial. He's the guy that, like I said, got me out from underneath uh, my mortgage originally, refinanced the house, did an outstanding job. He was available pretty much at any point in time. Or maybe you want to uh, you know, get some of the home equity right now. You can still do that with some good uh, benefits before the end of year, and especially this time of season. You can get the uh, cash to uh, pay off you know, debts and such. Um, or coming out of the holiday season, some things that you want to do. If you have some credit score issues. Uh, it's okay. Scott has years of experience helping people with uh, lower credit scores. All you got to do is call him, 414-791-7771, 414-791-7771. I had a couple people that reached out to me that said, hey, they asked me about that, about the, the credit score that wasn't above 700. And I said, you know what? Um, I've known Scott to get people done that was in the low 600s and even in the upper 500s to get them done. So... No reason not to call 414-791-7771, 414-791-7771, or you can go to scottellisteam.com, scottellisteam.com, E-L-L-I-S, scottellisteam.com, and see for yourself. Good stuff there. Um, this is uh, Rick's Bill, I think, uh, even if the Packers ran the table. Those losses to New York, Washington are going to end up costing them if they end up tied with any one of those teams. Um, there's no doubt, Rick, that they have dug themselves a ginormous hole, without a doubt. Um, I, I'm not denying. And I said, look, when, when they lost the other day against Tennessee, I said, it's over. Season's over. You know, if Wayne Larravee was, uh, if we had Wayne Larravee's voice to yell, there is your dagger, that was, that was your dagger, in my opinion. Uh, over the weekend, I will say I love Packers fans. Always have, always will. I'm one of them. Uh, I was at a, uh, I talked about it at the beginning of the show. I was at a Friendsgiving yesterday. They have it early. It's the same time every year, the week before actual Thanksgiving. And a big group of friends get together. There's probably about 30 people yesterday. And the talk was, one, how bad the team has been. Two, how bad Rodgers has been. How bad that thumb is or isn't hurt. And then the, the last thing was, but if they get a win... And then it kind of goes on from there. 
you know, hope springs eternal pretty much all the time. So I, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, constantly throw the bucket of cold water on it. I live in a reality where I've said before, and I'll say it again, I can't unsee Detroit. I can't unsee New York over in London. I can't unsee Washington. Those were just pitifully bad games by the Packers. But there's nothing to say you can't suddenly have everything click and it turn, a little bit of time away. You get a couple of wins here. You get to a bye week. Guys come back rejuvenated, feeling good. And then it all, you know, kind of materializes. Who knows? Can it happen? Sure, it could it? Is it out of the realm of possibility? No, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's unlikely, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I would never say it's completely 110% impossible, unless it's mathematically done. But I agree with you. I mean, this <laughs> this is a team that's dug themselves such an incredibly deep hole that I, I don't I don't foresee them getting out of it. But if you have that hope going into this next game, if they lose... In Philadelphia, um, while they will still be, I think, at that point in time, somewhat mathematically alive, I think if they lose in Philadelphia, it's, uh, I, I mean, I look at it now as they're pretty much, they went from, put it this way, in the standings in the NFC, they dropped from ninth to 12th with the loss. Detroit is now ahead of them. In case you didn't know, Arizona, as bad as Arizona stinks, Arizona is ahead of them. Atlanta, the Falcons are ahead of them. Washington is ahead of them. San Francisco, we were still waiting to see what happens with San Francisco tonight. They're ahead of them. And then obviously the Giants with seven seven wins, Cowboys seven wins. Tampa Bay right now is at five and five. They're a 500 team and they're leading their division. And as of right now, they're in the postseason. Philadelphia, obviously, is going to win their division, most likely, we'll say. Minnesota is going to win the North. Seattle is battling. I can't give – we don't give – I cannot stand Pete Carroll. That gum-chewing, jaw-smacking, that guy has been it, – it, it's it, he has been a thorn in the side and a pain in the ass and, and smug and arrogant and everything else that goes along with it. Uh, but Ben, do you, that has got to be one of the better coaching jobs this year, correct? Yeah, almost more importantly, a, a better drafting job. If they trade yeah. Russell Wilson, they find two tackles, they find a tight end, like they uh, they rebuilt their defense in like a year, which is yeah. nuts. Like they're actually talented now. Yeah, it has been an incredible job by Seattle to remain relevant, and and I gotta say, I think. Even with San Francisco getting a win, if they get a win tonight, um, I still think Seattle's going to end up winning that division. It, it, it's two teams, San Francisco and Seattle, and that's it. Arizona stinks. They're terrible. The Rams are awful. The, oh, my God, the Rams are so bad. Such a bad team. There's speculation about whether or not Matthew Stafford's even going to whether he's going to retire at the end of the season. Sean McVay quitting at the end of the season and such. So uh, a lot of speculation out there out west. But it's – it's. I'll tell you this, man. Pete Carroll's done a magnificent job this season, without a doubt. 
877-867-1670. So one more loss by the Packers to put them at 4-8. and eight. They will then be down there with Chicago, Carolina, um, New Orleans, the Rams. The, the, that's it. They're already there, but they, they're kind of the best of the worst record-wise right now. But they're, but they're right now, out of 16 teams in the NFC, they're 12th. And uh, they are fading fast. What's helped them is the fact that you've got Washington creeping a couple of wins, Atlanta creeping a couple of wins, the Giants lose, the Cowboys beat, you know, got a win. But, uh, you know, if the Cowboys would have lost, it would have been six wins. It would have put them a little bit lower where maybe the Packers could catch them. But right now, I mean, it's almost insurmountable. It's almost insurmountable. I, I think their percentage to win uh, in the NFC is like, you know, it, it's like 14% or 12% to even make it to the postseason at this point. 877-867-1670. Find us, 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Uh, by the way, the uh, going to college football, the odds to win the NCAA championship this year, Georgia coming in right now at five to seven. Ohio State number two at five to two. Ten to one is Michigan. Fourteen to one is TCU. Twenty to one, uh, Clemson, USC, LSU, Oregon, North Carolina, and then Tennessee. Tennessee and North Carolina pretty much off the board. By the way, Tennessee uh, not looking good this past weekend. Obviously, Caleb Williams. Looks to be right now. Caleb Williams and C.J. Stroud are the two guys that are looking as far as uh, favorites to win the Heisman. Uh, Then after that, uh, Blake Corum. You could possibly go in that direction. Uh, Bo Nix. But I believe Bo Nix. Everybody else pretty much much off the board at this point. You got Blake Corum, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams. Those are the three guys. You get a few other guys that will probably be asked to come to New York, but they don't have a shot. So that's that's kind of where things stand right now, in regards to uh, in regards to uh, the Heisman Trophy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Um, Michael says uh, it's going to be maybe a six wing team at best. Uh, Jan says the Packers are done. Put a fork in them, just like the turkey this Thursday. Uh, Greg says there's no way in hell the Green Bay Packers beat Philadelphia. They're going to get dump trucked by 30. Uh, Stanley says I have a little bit of faith in the Green Bay Packers, but only if <laughs> only if the quarterback pulls his head out of his rear end, I'll say, and uh, plays up to his capability. Um, this is from Jason, who says, how long is Rogers going to continue to lie about the thumb and put himself and his own statistics ahead of the team? Uh, and then Carol says, uh, Brian Gutekinds has to go, is killing this team with bad draft choices. There you go. Um, <laughs> Michael says, at least we got a good draft choice coming at this point. Well, then again, you got to do something with it, right? And the drafts, they haven't necessarily been uh, the strong suit of the Green Bay Packers. Now, for a while, I looked at it and thought, yeah, you know what? Um, when you look at the uh, Brian Gutekinds in the draft, and, and I, I think in all fairness here, um, early on, you know, Jair Alexander, obviously, tremendous pick. After that, you really thought that Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemia St. Brown, they'd hang on and then they would continue to grow. And 
And it just really, those two draft choices never materialized. And the fact that you have only one player left from 2018, that that is, when your life's blood is the draft and what you rely upon, you don't trade, you don't trade a lot of draft choices away, you hang on to those things, you're trading back constantly, always getting more bites at the apple, I hate to use that, but pardon the pun, you're, to not have anybody left but Jair out of the 2018 draft is almost, when you had 11, was 11 or 12 guys, it was almost unforgivable, right? Go back to the Kevin King year of 2017. You have Aaron Jones left. That's it. So out of the 2017-2018 draft, you have two players left on this team? Oh, my God. Now, the 2019 draft, you kind of hit. You found three really solid players, although people would disagree regarding Darnell Savage at this point, but you got Rashawn, Gary, Savage, and Elton Jenkins. They're still contributors. Sternberger, third-round draft choice, gone. Kingsley Kiki, gone. Kadar Holman, Ty Summers, Dexter Williams, Ty Summers, but gone. So again, 2017, 2018, 2019, you have how many? Count them with me. Five players out of those drafts. Three years worth of drafts, you have five players remaining. Think about that. Man, that's just, that kills you. Because this is when these guys should be coming up, getting ready for those contracts, re-signing these guys. This is, man, you, th- this is where that they now come to fruition, and instead it has killed you. So, look, I, I'm not, I'll hold my breath when it comes to the NFL draft, but, man, those are the things that just kill a franchise. I mean kill a franchise. Um... What is it? Abdo says, uh, why do the Packers as an organization always keep players longer than they should at key positions? Like who? If anything, they've let them go early. Who would they? But right now, there's two players they've kept for a long period of time. One is Rodgers, and clearly, because he's coming off of back-to-back MVPs and such. I mean, you know, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. You hang on to those guys like Grim Death. The only other guy that I would say you've hung on to has been David Bakhtiari. Can we all agree that giving him that other contract and that extension for Aaron Jones has worked out, right? Kevin says, don't forget 2017. But no, Ted, that was Ted Thompson's draft. I get it. But beyond, but what I'm saying is, is when your life's blood is the draft and you, sto- you go back over three, three, period, three years, you combine those three years, 17, 18, and 19, you've got a total of five guys left. That's that's recent history, man. That's that's that hurts. Go to twenty twenty. You got Jordan Love who doesn't play, AJ Dillon who is okay, Josiah Aguara, Really, you don't use him. You got Kamal Martin and John John Runyon's been a, a been solid. After that, Kamal Martin, Jake Hansen, Stepaniak, Vernon Scott, Jonathan Garvin. Not much there. Kylan Hill, you let go of. Isaiah McDuffie in 2021 has been solid. Cole Van Lannan, gone. Shamar Jean Charles, seeing a little bit of time. TJ Slayton, 
shows flashes but not consistent. Royce Newman looked like he was on skates this year. Amari Rogers gone. There's Josh Myers back up, or uh, your starting uh, your center, your starting center. So you've got a little bit of an impact there, and this year has yet to completely play out. But you, you're not fine. You, you know, your your impact player out of all of this. Your big impact player, I would probably say go back to 2019 where you got Elton Jenkins and Rashawn Gary. Both of those guys have been impact players for you. Jair, you got one guy, Jair, out of 2018. And this year is yet to be really told. You got Mason Crosby. Yeah, you're right. Mason Crosby's been around. But but I... (laughs) When your life's blood is a draft, man, and that's all you got to show for it, that 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 sets franchises back big time, no doubt. 877-867-1670, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Social House. One of the bars I was telling you about when you talk about some of the bars that are opening up for the uh, for the World Cup, uh, that bar is not only a football bar, a baseball bar, a basketball bar, but they're a soccer bar as well. And that is a good place to go if you want to watch some of the World Cup. Right, right there on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Going Dan Della, soccer guys. Kids love soccer. They have some soccer jerseys up there as well. They have local soccer teams that go in there pretty consistently. Stop by Social House. They're going to have the World Cup on. You better believe it. Social House. H-A-U-S on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.